Welcome to our seventh episode of Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and our topic for today's show is The Power of an Article. Promote your book by writing articles for print and internet. Thanks for joining in another lively discussion from the Right to Publish conference on the campus of Wheaton College in the Chicago area. Three writers who've used the power of the pen in articles will share from their success how you can use article writing to effectively promote your book. Learn to use article writing as a gateway to publication as these professionals provide useful wisdom to help you increase your platform and exposure for your writing. Now, before I introduce my guests to you, let me tell you a little bit about each one of them. In fact, as I'm doing this, call or text a friend and have them tune in on voiceamerica.com. Once they're at the site, all they have to do is type publishing today into the search bar and they'll be able to listen live. Okay, so here's the lineup for today's episode of Publishing Today. During the first segment, I'll have the prolific Doc Hensley with me, Dr. Dennis E better known as Doc Hensley, has published 54 books, including six novels and eight textbooks, as well as more than 150 short stories and 3,500 newspaper and magazine articles. He's also a recognized authority on the life and works of 20th century author Jack London. No wonder Doc Hensley is called the master of professional writing. No one could have that kind of literary output without plenty of knowledge and skill, along with a strategic plan. The good news is Doc's mission in life is to share his secrets with others who desire to write. During the second segment, I'll introduce you to Ginger Kolbaba. Ginger is an accomplished, award-winning author, editor, and speaker. She has written or contributed to more than 20 books, including the Gold Medallion-nominated Refined by Fire, the Golden Scroll-nominated and Reader's Favorite Bronze Award-winning We All Come Home, and her novel series Secrets from Lulu's Cafe. She's a contributing writer for Thriving Family Magazine and has been a columnist for Let's Worship. She's published more than 400 magazine and online articles and in the publishing industry for almost two decades. Ginger is the former editor of Today's Christian Woman Magazine, Marriage Partnership Magazine, and the founding editor of Kyria.com, all award-winning resources of Christianity Today. And then for the last segment, you'll meet Anne Bile. Authors who've worked with Credo literary agent Anne Bile know her as a trusted guide who helps them create the best manuscripts and book proposals possible. This doesn't mean she helps write their books. Instead, Anne uses her nearly 30 years experience as a copy editor, newspaper and magazine writer, author and co-author as her inside track into the publishing world to help authors achieve their publishing goals. Her ability to shepherd authors' manuscripts started early in her publishing career. Her first job entailed writing dust jacket copy for Moody Press. Her boss at Moody was best-selling author Jerry Jenkins of the Left Behind series that he co-wrote with Tim LaHaye. 
Writing holds a transcendent quality in Anne's view. She says, I think God gives everyone talents, and I think God has given me the talent for guiding others and authors, a talent for writing. It works when those two things come together. So this is going to be an incredible show overflowing with insight and wise advice. You won't want to miss a moment of the show. And just so you know what to expect during the last five minutes of the show, we'll have a segment called Ask Athena, where I'll be answering your questions on writing, publishing, and book marketing, branding, and promotion. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer, send me an email at question at askathena.com and I'll get it into a lineup for a future show. So before I bring my guests into the conversation, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on voiceamera.com, the world leader in online media broadcasting and the largest producer and distributor of live internet-based talk radio. You can connect with me on the web at publishingtodayradio.com, on Facebook at Publishing Today Radio, and on Twitter, my handle is Athena underscore on the air. So here we go with my first interview. Welcome to Publishing Today Radio, where aspiring authors, thought leaders, business owners, and others with a story to tell discover resources, helpful tips, and sage advice. Join Athena Dean Holtz, publishing industry expert, author, speaker, and independent publishing pioneer as she brings to the forefront experts who provide the information you need to succeed. And now, here's Athena. All right, let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the show, Doc Hensley. Pleasure to be here, Athena. Well, we are, um, I, I want my audience to know we're talking to one of the most prolific writers in Christian publishing, and uh, it is a delight to have you on to discuss the topic of the power of an article, because articles can reach so many more people than a book can, and uh, you have got such ri- rich insight into this topic. So I understand you've sold a lot of short stories to print and online magazines in the past year, and I never really would have thought that articles could be a way of promotion for fiction authors. So that was kind of a new twist for me, but I understand you've got a different take on that. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, it used to be back in the 1970s when print was so important, we didn't have anything online, that people had Sunday school take-home papers, and they had to compress the information in that because usually there were only four sheets. So nowadays they've come up with a thing that they call the flash fiction story. Well, actually, we were doing it back in those days when we had to do an entire metaphor or entire simile or entire kind of um, parable that we would share with a modern-day experience with a biblical application and condense that into 1,000 to 1,200 words. Well, nowadays, this is coming out, and magazines are using that. Well, when we learn to write in a compressed fashion, say a lot in very few words, to edit very tightly, you realize that that skill spills over into writing devotions, where you only have 175 to 180 words. You've got to say something significant. Or when you're creating a scene in a book where you say, all right, this is like this, and then you want to tell an anecdote. 
Well, anecdotes can't ramble. They have to get to the point. They have to make a message. And so you learn to write very, very tightly. So I'm seeing today with the change in venues, that is to say people are reading off screens nowadays and they like things tighter, more compressed, more compact, that when we learn to write that way, it helps us do a better job of communicating with today's 21st century reader. So the idea of the flash fiction story, the anecdote, the devotion, the tight kind of writing, it pulls it all together and today's reader nods and says, yes, I got some takeaway value from that without taking an awful lot of time. So give me some examples of some fiction that you have um, seen have some success on either online or print magazines. Well, let me give you an example from my own book that came out, Jesus in the 9 to 5, and the sequel, which just came out called Jesus in All Four Seasons. It's a nonfiction book, but I call it a fact vela because at the end of each nonfiction chapter, I have inserted a short story. It's a fictional work in which Jesus Christ himself is on the earth in the 21st century running a business. Now, it's a furniture business because he's a carpenter, obviously. But people get it, and they said, oh, you're showing something in a modern-day setting, but it's reflecting this very story that's found in the New Testament, what you're proving is what Jesus taught 2,000 years ago isn't out of date, and that's exactly what I want them to see. So by writing something in fiction that they can see a modern application, they have this aha moment, this epiphany of, oh, that's what he was teaching then, and that's how we apply it today. So fiction can really work well with nonfiction that way. I love that. So in case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we are broadcasting on the Voice America Network. And I am talking today about the power of an article. And we're talking with prolific writer, speaker, and professor Dennis, or we call him Doc affectionately, Hensley. And, uh, you know, I want to have some equal time for our nonfiction writers. So what would you say is the best way to promote a nonfiction title using article writing? Well, there are several ways to go about that, and that's a very good question. For example, if I have a book come out, what I try to do is approach magazines and say, look, chapter two of my book is very applicable to what your audience is doing. And I think if I could convert that for you into an article, that it would be beneficial. Well, that helps them because they're getting something that's already passed the acid test. It's worth being published. It has some takeaway value. But it helps the author, too, because at the end of the article, they will say, taken from the book, staying ahead of time by Dennis E. Hensley. And if people liked your article, obviously, they're going to go out and try and find you your book too. So that's one good thing. The other thing is that with the advent of so much online publishing, people can have a website, they can tweet, they can do things with a blog. You can take excerpts from what you're doing and you can preview where you're going. For example, I might be working on a large book and I might put an excerpt chapter on that and they might say, hey, that's great. I like the idea. And you're talking about something that's very important to me. Let me follow this a little longer. And when your book comes out, then I want to go and get that. So you're getting a venue exposure that we might not have had in previous times before technology was there. It also gives you a lot of good feedback practice. Let's say that I am working on a larger nonfiction project and I put an article out and I do something, people might write back and say, boy, I really enjoy that. But what about this situation? Or what if I came in from this direction? And you think, hey, that's good. Let me expand that for my book part of it, or let me do a two-part series or three-part series. So the feedback that you get on the um, excerpt that you're doing or the preview that you're putting out there gives you another aspect of saying, hey, there's a perspective that I can add to. I love that. Now, um, 
You've been writing freelance magazine articles for probably ever, but uh, how have you repurposed those for other publishing possibilities, which I think you've already answered in in what we've talked about so far, but give me some more on that. Well, there are a lot of different opportunities for that. Let me give you a couple of specific examples that people can follow. When I sit down and I come up with a concept, I try to think of at least five to 15 different avenues that it can go out for. So let's suppose that I understand that listening is a very hard thing for people to do because we don't teach it in the American education system. We teach reading and we teach writing, but impact listening skills. So I might say, all right, I'm going to talk to an audiologist and I'm going to talk to a psychologist and I'm going to say, you know, how do we become better listeners? Why is it important? What does it do? Well, then I might position that article as saying, all right, here are six or seven excellent tips if you're a grandparent and you really want to listen to your grandchildren. But I might turn it around and tweak it a little bit and say, if you're a barber or a cosmetologist and you really want to have people come in and enjoy the experience of being in your beauty shop, your cosmetology shop or barber shop, how do you give them uh, questions that initiate conversation and make them feel like they can talk and you can draw them out, they can enjoy that. The next angle might be if you're a real estate agent. The next angle might be if you're a dentist, anything like that. My point is that the lessons are going to be very much the same, but I'll tweak it for what audience I'm targeting it to. Now, one of the things about the fun thing about writing in the Christian market, and we can all laugh at ourselves about this, let's say I write an article on how to invite your friend to Sunday school I can remarket that because the Lutherans don't read the Baptist magazines and the Methodists don't read the Congregationalist magazines, but they all want to know the same answer. So by changing the focus a little bit, you can do it, or changing the market a little bit, you can expand it on it too. I love that. And just just the way that you just gave such great examples of one uh, concept and one point from a whole bunch of different angles towards a whole bunch of different people, which can give you... 10 or 15 articles in different publications. And when you go to market your book, that works in your favor because let's say that, I'll give you an example. I wrote a book called Man to Man and each one of the chapters, the 31 chapters, one for each day of the month for a man using it, I would say, all right, this one was on role modeling and I sold this article to these five different men's magazines. And so the editor says, wow, you've earned your audience. You've gotten good feedback from editors and we can list that on the back of the book that you're an authority. You write this. The second chapter might be on something about being the head of your family and being a good image maker for that and decision making how to do it and again four or five magazines and the publisher comes back and says boy this verifies that you know you're talking so what you're doing is you're verifying your authority you're exposing your name out there in that area you're getting credibility that can be listed on the book's jacket and again you're getting all these editors to edit and feedback your thing so your final example of your chapter is going to be the best writing you can possibly get I love that. So that's pre-publication and how to really pr- um, create credibility by writing articles. And then on the back end, if you already have a book published and you've got some good things in there that that meet the criteria that a magazine's looking for or that an online publication is looking for, it can be used as advertisement for the book. And excerpts can come out of it. The other thing that you gain by writing articles, even if you want to do a book, is that all the editors have their own way of expressing to their readers how they want something done. So one editor might say to you, you know, I really like this article. Could you give us a small list of five books that expand on this whole thing so you create a reading list? Well, there's no reason you can't use that in your book. Another one might come back and say, hey, would you do some discussion questions? Because I think that, you know, if some people got together for a, a retreat or a Sunday school class, they might like to bring this up. How can you stimulate some conversation? So you say, all right, sure, I'll write the questions for that. Another one might say, could you do a little sidebar to tell 
tell people how they can do self-research on this particular topic. Well, when you go to put your chapters together, you've got all this ancillary material that just beefs it up and it can make it longer. So yeah, you've got the initial article, but then you've got the test, the reading list, the quizzes, everything that go along with it. And you think, man, this is really solid material thanks to all the feedback from these professional editors. I love that. Now, um, if I remember right, you were telling me that you've got maybe more than one book that was a compilation of articles that you'd done. So, so you, I, so when you started writing those articles, did you actually have the strategy? This is going to turn into a book, or did it just happen because you had and repurposed that content? It's definitely the former. I'll sit down and I'll say, "All right." I want some devotions that the family can read together and will express the miracles of God that people don't pay attention to. So here I've got my book title, More Than Meets the Eye. And then I want to come down, okay, what things from nature can I teach them? And what things from business can I teach them? And I'll show different things. And each one I'll have an outline. So there I want one per day for a month. So I'm going to have 31 chapters. I have them outlined then. There it is. Now I sit down and say, all right, let me write a very succinct, tight, powerful, full-length article on this that will become that chapter. And then I start sending it out to magazines. Well, the reason that works so well is that when chapter one is out there and it's finally sold and it gets printed, you can sell it again. You can do multiple marketing just as long as you don't do a competing market. But you're already down on chapter two. And when it's done, you can start it. By the time you get down to chapter 20, you realize you've got 15 to 16 manuscripts in the mail at all time. You're gaining bylines. You're gaining credibility as a writer. You're gaining checks, all that. And then at the end, it's finally done. So it may take you two years to write this book, but who cares? Who cares? You're already selling articles. You're gaining byline exposure, and you're still making an income at the same time. So I tell my students, the way that you eat a cow is not going out to eat it. You eat hamburgers and steaks a little bit at a time over a period of years, and then it's done. So that's it. A bite at a time, you can write a book, too. I love that. And, and you know, each chapter really, in reality, is a point and an illustration and, you know, the research that goes behind it. So it makes sense that a book could just be a series of articles that were purposefully put together like that, but then you get that extra added uh, exposure by having it in a book form. So I love that. So, okay, let's wrap this up with what is your best tip for an author who wants to use article writing to promote their already published work? What I would say to people is don't try to conquer the whole mountain all at once. Start with some baby steps. And I would say learn to write very tightly. So what I do with my college students is I'll say, all right, let's study the devotional market. It's difficult to say something significant in under 200 words, but if you can learn to do that, you'll write tightly. And it's a voracious market. That's another one to break in because every year, each magazine has to have 365 brand new devotions, all right? So they're looking, do you have anything new to say for Mother's Day? Do you have anything new to say for Christmas? And so they're looking for that all the time. So I would say start with baby steps. Start those sort of things. Then when you get a little farther along and you've had some of those things published, then you can move up a notch and say, all right, now I can do this for maybe a monthly devotional magazine or a monthly denominational magazine and we can follow along. That's awesome. Okay. So we got about two minutes left. Why don't you tell us about your most recent book and uh, a story about that, and then tell us where we can find you online. Okay, I was mentioning that the new one is called Jesus in All Four Seasons, and the idea that came out was I was looking at what was it that people wanted to read, and it turned out they're looking for something in nonfiction that's interesting, like 
tipping points. They want to see that our Freakonomics, things that we hadn't looked at before. And I thought, well, the Bible has a lot to say about interesting things about looking at life. But the other thing people liked is they love stories. The one-minute manager was still very, very big, you know, and different stories, metaphors, the shack and everything. I thought, why couldn't somebody combine that? So that's when I wrote Jesus in the 9 to 5, which was all these good chapters, 12 chapters on lessons Jesus taught about how to succeed in life, goal setting and time management, that. But then they added the short stories because people love stories and showed Jesus actually in action. How would he do something today? And people would say, hey, I read your story. And I know that was the woman at the well, wasn't it? Or they'd read and they'd say, oh, that was Zacchaeus, wasn't it? And all it was is in a modern venue and saying, oh, nothing that he taught is out of date. Everything's applicable. I just needed you, the writer, to show me how I can make the Bible vibrant today. So I tried to make the three um, dimensional aspects of the New Testament vibrant for today's readers. And fortunately, it worked out really well. So it's available now at wherever you can buy books and online. And tell us where people can find you online, Doc. All right, my website is DocHensley.com, D-O-C-H-E-N-S-L-E-Y.com. And that will take you also to the Taylor University website that I have as my university. So that's my personal one, my personal appearances, my books list are on there. And I also do a weekly blog of teaching people lessons about writing. Well, it's been a delight to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for being with me. Anytime. I always look forward to talking shop. Hi, this is Shannon Etheridge, relationship coach, speaker, and author of over 20 books, including the million-copy best-selling Every Woman's Battle series. It was over 15 years ago that I was struggling to navigate through this publishing world, and Athena Dean was one of the first people that I encountered in this industry. Now, we've stayed in touch ever since then because she was such an encourager then, and she's still an encouragement to me today. What a mover and a shaker for God's kingdom, and I have no doubt that Redemption Press is living up to its name. Has anyone ever told you you should write a book? Athena Dean Holtz here, and I've been involved in the publishing industry as an author, blogger, coach, and publisher for over 25 years. One thing I've found is everyone has a story. It just takes the right team to help get it onto paper and then into a book that has the potential to touch lives. Give us a call today. The toll-free number is 844-2-REDEEM. That's 844-273-3336. Like us on Facebook or visit our site at authorsincharge.com. We would love to walk with you through your publishing journey. So welcome back to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry, broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we are continuing on with our show on the power of an article. And I have with me right now in this segment, Ginger Kolbaba. So Ginger, before we get started with all these questions I have for you, welcome to the show. Thanks, Athena. It is great to be with you. Well, we are both here on faculty at the uh, Right to Publish conference at Wheaton Bible College, so it's fun for fun to be back on faculty with you. But, you know, you have been on both sides of the desk, that of a magazine editor and as a columnist and a contributing writer. So what are uh, print and online magazines looking for in an article? 
Well, I think you hear a lot of people talk about, I want something unique and fresh and well-written, and those are absolutely true. But the best thing is we're looking for a really great idea. Uh, And how you can find that is when you look out there and you see what articles are being published, if you say on happiness, uh, you're probably not going to want to pitch an article on happiness right after they've run an article on happiness, unless it has a very unique, different angle. So we're looking for great ideas, and your writing needs to be well done, but I, as an editor, can fix your writing. I can't fix a bad idea. Ah, that is a very good point. So, um, Is the practice of using an excerpt from a published book as the foundation for an article still alive and well? Yes and no. Some people will just send a book and will say, hey, I want you to run an excerpt. Um, And what that says to the editor is a four-letter word work. (laughs) They don't have the time or the energy to go through your book along with the hundred other books that have shown up. And so the best thing you can do is go through your book and find that chapter that you feel would work really well as an excerpt and send that. Or even better is you take and you create an article out of that excerpted material and you send that article and you can say, this is an article that I think would work really well for your magazine because I've studied your audience. I know what you're looking for. And this comes from my book. You have permission to use, you know, and that way it's not causing the editor to have to do extra work. It becomes more of a joy for them. So you need to not only do your homework and make sure you're going to a publication that it actually is a good fit with and will meet the needs of the readers, but don't expect them to do their your work for you. Give it to them in a format that they, would be easy to work with. And would you prefer that they do all the work and not just give it to you as a chapter? Would you say that would be when way more points? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done both. I've I've pulled articles out from chapters and I've done original articles um, or articles where I've pieced together. So, you know, there might be a great illustration in chapter two and a great universal principle in chapter five and I've put them together. Um, it doesn't guarantee that you'll get published, but boy, it really ups your chances with that. Yeah, actually, I remember before you were at Today's Christian Woman, I had my book, uh, Consumed by Success, come out and uh, actually didn't know anything and just sent a copy. Someone had told me, uh, connected me to the editor and sent her a copy and sent her a Word document of it so she could play with it. And she did that. She took two different chapters, melded them together and ran it. And I, you know, I... I didn't know what I was doing. And so it was a miracle that it happened, but it was such a, it was a great experience to see now, knowing what I know about the industry, boy, the last thing you want to do is make it work for them. You want to make it easy for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the less work they have to do, the more they will love you. I, that's just the, the reality of the business is, especially with our industry shrinking so much with staff sizes. You, you know, when I, at the peak of today's Christian Woman, when I was working with them, there were five editors. Um, and when I left, there was one. 
So imagine taking five editors worth of work and putting it down to one or maybe two people. Um, So when you start to think in terms of that kind of workload and it's not just you that's coming to them it's all of these other writers um the the easier you can make it for them the better your chances versus the other people who just you know send a book right and and that kind of the same mentality when we i've worked with authors over the years and said okay if you have a topic that's good on the radio and you pitch to be on the radio or you work with a publicist, you want to actually give them the questions to ask you because they're not going to read your book before they have you on the show and you better make it easy for them so they can make you look good. So it's kind of the same principle. It's the least amount of work that they have to do and still look really good you're going to score points. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, what's interesting when you're talking about speaking as well, um, I would interview authors in which I had gone and I hadn't read the book because I was interviewing, you know, at trade shows, you might interview 20, 30 people. So you haven't read all of their books. But I knew enough about what the book was about to be able to ask, hopefully, some halfway intelligent questions. But it would drive me crazy when someone would respond with, well, I wrote about that in chapter two. <laughs> I'm sure you did and could you maybe give me the answer here you know but they would they would want to either refer back to what they had written in their book or you know kind of have this assumption that I had read it and it was just killer <laughs> well and even when they play the game of well I wrote about that in chapter two so if you buy the book you'll find the answer and that's not what you want to hear you're asking them for content to be shared so that people will develop an interest in the story or or you know it'll answer a question and be a benefit to them exactly and it's real content um readers aren't stupid and they know when it's content that's just promotional versus when it's real content and i find that when i read something and you know clearly it's for publicity but they make it read as though it isn't about publicity. It's just about the content. I begin to trust them more. They have credibility. They have authenticity. And that's when I say, I want to read that book. I want to go and buy that book. But when it keeps, when that content keeps talking about advertising, you know, that advertorial feel to it. I just put my hands up. I'm like, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. And it gives me a bad taste in my mouth. So the last thing I want to do is go and purchase the book. I mean, that's an unfortunate reality, but it is a reality. Well, I don't think you're the only person that feels that way. And I think people are getting savvy to, you know, just you push away when people try and hard sell you. And that's what that's what an author is doing. And so authors need to learn the fine art of becoming a resource and giving good content away so people will want to read your book, not just being a, you know, snake oil salesman. Sorry. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, in case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on the Voice America Network. And I have with me Ginger Kolbaba, who 
she and I go way back uh, working at writers conferences together on faculty so it's a just a delight to have her with us now it sounded like you had something else to throw in there on that last question well first of all we go b- way back because we knew each other from the time we were 10 you know on faculty we were very young brilliant Einsteins you know with that um, but what I was going to say is you know a lot of times I would get articles in um, that was a publicity for the book which is fine I understand that but they would constantly the writers would constantly write in the article in my book such and such I write about you know da 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 and again it's like this they think it's this subtle pitch to go get the book well, I'm telling you, editors will cut that. Every time you say, well, you know, check out my book, or in my book I talk about, they don't want to know that. They want to know, what is it that you have to say to me right now, right here, whether I pick up that book or don't. Um, you know, give, make it a full, balanced article right there. Good point. Okay, so typically, how far ahead do authors need to think if they want to provide an article to a print magazine, not online, but print? To a print magazine, it usually works between six and nine months ahead. So, uh, for instance, you know, when I was looking at, when I was in the middle of working on a July-August issue, I would be already thinking in terms of Christmas and um, Valentine's Day, you know, into into winter. So it was kind of funny because we would always be listening to Christmas music while we were editing July stuff, you know, because we were actually editing July and December things. So you want to think in terms of far enough ahead. Um, I would often get article queries from people who would say, I want to write a Thanksgiving article, and they would send it to me at the beginning of November. And I would say, I would have to reject that article because even if it was a great article, my budget wouldn't allow me to purchase something that I was going to have to sit on for a year. So, you know, hold that article. If you've got a great article for Christmas, say, or for Advent, hold it if you come up with it in December and then send it in July, August. Um, You know, you might be able to get into September, but I would really think June, July, get it out there. Okay, so be thinking eight months ahead to play it safe because you're probably going to be somewhere between six and eight months that they're going to be wanting it. So is it the same? Do you know if it's the same for online or or as far as print and online, is there much difference? Um, You know, it really depends on the publication. For some publications, they work way in advance. So, uh, you know, even if it's online, they still have planned out their schedule and they have everything set uh, for six months in advance. The great thing about online, though, is for some of them, they're thinking next week. (laughs) In two weeks, uh, you know, they might be monthly, they might be weekly. And so in particular, if it's a topic that's a hot topic, online is your best. Um, When I was working at Today's Christian Woman, the um, Columbine tragedy happened. The problem was we couldn't write anything about the Columbine article because we were six months out. And so if we would have put something in when it, you know, when it actually we had it, it would have looked to the reader like we were way behind the times. Oh, that's old news. And it would have been. So we would have to wait until the year anniversary or the two year anniversary and then run it. Online, we can put it up 
the next day. Um, and I had an author pitch me an article one time when Trayvon Martin, that whole thing happened. And uh, she wrote me and said, I can have something to you in 24 hours. And she did, and it was great, and we were able to publish it. And that was online. So that's kind of the the great thing about online. Um, but still, you want to write something that's good, because just because it's online doesn't mean that they're looking for any kind of writing, because you can just get it out there. So then that would be a good tip for an author that's looking to get bylines and get out there and get their name out there to help promote their book. Uh, keep a watch on current events. Is there something going on right now that is uh, impactful that you have a slant on that the Christian community needs to hear or the audience needs to hear and be able to hop on it right away and pitch those online? So it wouldn't do any good to pitch a print for current events. I mean, unless it's World Magazine or something like that. But um, that's a great idea because I've always told authors, boy, you need to, if there's something going on in current events that can relate to your book and you can be a resource for it, take advantage of that media opportunity. And it really works for fiction writers as well. A lot of people think, well, I write novels, so I can't write articles. And I say, not true, not true. Um, I wrote a novel called uh, Desperate Pastor's Wives. And when it came out, right around that time, there was a pastor's wife down in Tennessee, I think, um, Tennessee or Kentucky, who shot her husband um, in the back. And it made national news. And I ended up on Headline News, Court TV, Nancy Grace. Um, and I had written a novel about it, you know, about pastor's wives. Um, and the timing just, it was providential. And I ended up, you know, selling all of these novels but it really worked out well. So even if you're a novelist, think in terms of how can I promote what I've written, those universal principles, that topic um, that you've written on, that main theme, how can that translate into articles? Well, absolutely. And most fiction these days, there's some sort of issue, difficult life issue that's weaved in one of the characters. So boy, if there's something in the news that's related to that issue, use that opportunity to, to you know, get it out there. And you, no one's going to put you off when it's that when it's a current event and something's going on. So, well, we are ready to take a break and we will be right back with you. Um, we have some other blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm going to... New ending to Ginger's interview. Three, two, one. Well, this has just been wonderful to be with you today and have you share your expertise with us and... Um, Wow, it's going to be fun to continue the next few days and get keep getting caught up. But where can people find you if they want to um, check with you online and see if, if there's might be something you could uh, do for them editing-wise or whatever? Sure, it's gingercolbaba.com, G-I-N-G-E-R, like the snaps, and kolbaba, K-O-L-B-A-B-A.com. Wonderful. Well, it's been a delight to have you on the show today. And uh, boy, just keep on doing what you're doing because I, I love your work. Thank you, Athena. It's been great to be with you. Ever thought about writing a book to tell your story, inspire others, or fulfill a calling in your life? Putting your words on paper is a frightening yet thrilling process that can result in untold lives being touched. 
The professionals at Redemption Press will walk with you through the process of creating a product you will be proud of. My book was extremely personal, very close to my heart, my baby. From the first call I made to Redemption, Athena and her staff tended to this child like it was their own. My manuscript was very involved, including not only text, but also photographs of my artwork. My project manager was so patient and helpful. She was in it for the long haul. Whether it was through phone calls or emails, every staff member at Redemption involved in the publishing process made me feel like I was a person and that my book was their priority. Give Redemption Press a call today at 844-2-REDEEM. Like them on Facebook or go to AuthorsInCharge.com for more information. Well, welcome back to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry, broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we are continuing on with our show on the power of an article. I'm doing this show live from the Right to Publish conference at Wheaton Bible College, and with me is Anne Bile, who is a journalist and a literary agent, um, but I know her as the person who writes lots of articles, and so that's why I asked her to be part of this show. So, Anne, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome, Athena. I'm excited. Yeah, so tell me how you see the idea of article writing as a means of promoting a book. Well, I see it as, for the author, a way to get their name out there. The article isn't usually about the book, although it can be. But more importantly, the article gets the author's name out there, as well as in their bio, they can talk about the book. They can say, ah, this is Ann Bile, author of such and such a book. So that appears on at the end of the article if it's in print or a more a bigger bio perhaps online and you can then direct people to your book perhaps via a website or a, a website address. But what people are seeing is you wrote the article and here's more about you that includes the book. So that's where it works well. Okay, so that is uh, somewhat of an indirect approach then to promoting your book because you're not actually necessarily taking an excerpt out of the book, but you're writing on other topics. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Because you don't need to always be talking about your book to be promoting your book. That's where articles come in, where you become an expert in a particular field or a go-to person in a particular magazine or on a topic. And oh, by the way, I've written this book and people are more interested in that because they've seen you in a magazine or have written an article that they like. Okay, so the more bylines you have out there then on any number of topics, those are going to come up in Google searches and they're going to be, it's going to, the more you're out there, the more likely it is for someone to find out about your book. Exactly, because when they Google that magazine, they, they say, say, say they look at a particular magazine, they see your byline, they're more interested in you. So they click on something or they go look you up online and they see your book there. So the more you're out there, the more people begin to recognize your name, they find you in the searches, the more chances are to, for them to find your book, either on your website or in some other way. Got it. I love it. Okay. So what would you say is the advantage of utilizing articles in that way to try and promote your book? 
Well, I think you can become an expert in the field if you're writing, say, a series of articles on a particular topic. Let's say you write generally about mental health, just as an example, or you write about um, tweens. You can become an expert in that field, which then you become a go-to person, and more people hear about your book that way, and they become more interested in you because you're the expert. They go search for you online, and then they find your book. I think there's a lot of advantages to doing this because you're promoting your book without always talking about your book, and that can get kind of annoying if all you do, every Facebook post, everything you write is all about your book. So this becomes kind of an indirect way that people get to know you without being annoyed by you. (laughs) Right. So you are basically becoming a resource as an author and you're writing these articles. And yes, you have a book on one topic or you have maybe a number of different books on different topics. By creating yourself as an expert, you're a resource for people that If they know you give good information, they're going to look for you and look for your information, which is going to perpetrate more sales for your book, even if they're not on the same topic. Exactly. And it can be on any number of topics. And and maybe if it's me, I don't become an expert in this field, but I have a lot of bylines out there. That means editors get to know me. That means editors, editors get to know me. And then they look at my book or they say, oh, she's written a book. Let's talk to her about this topic. So one thing can feed on another very easily in the writing world. All right. So, okay. Should an author expect to be paid for providing content or should they just like chalk it up as free advertising? Frankly, I think any author who writes a piece for a magazine or an online publication should be paid. Now, there's a little bit of a difference if you are writing solely to promote your book. It's, it's kind of like you see these advertising sections within magazines. I mean, you have to be a little bit careful with that. If you're writing on a completely different topic, you are acting as if you are any other freelancer and you should be paid. There might be a time when you are doing some special advertising, talking about your book, that it would be worth not being paid because you're getting so much advertising. You kind of have to weigh that. But most of the time, no one should be writing for free. There are some times when you might do some small pieces, kind of um, advertising or um, public service types of things. So I would say for the most part, you should be paid, particularly if you're not directly writing about your book. If you're doing it as, I kind of call it a tithing your time or tithing, then you can do some stuff for free, but be very careful about that because once you start giving it away, giving away content for free, it's very hard to begin to get paid for that. And you really want to be seen in those magazines that treat their freelancers well and are the quality of magazine that they can pay their people. So one thing to be careful of is the places that you write for. Be careful about, um, you know, kind of low-end websites or kind of fly-by-night magazines. Make sure that when you are writing and you're able to say something about your book at the end, that you're getting the readership that you want and the kinds of people that you want to be reading that article and the kinds of readership, the numbers of readers. So, yes, you should be paid generally. 
Okay, so, but what I'm hearing you say is that where we are published can either help us or hurt us credibility-wise. Exactly. Um, you know, a, a place like Christianity Today can only help you. You know, a, a little crazy website by a crazy dude, and you throw in something, that's not going to help you. Be very careful about that. Okay, so... Um, I, I had a thought on the difference between print and internet. So it, do you see, just as far as pay, since we're on the topic of getting paid for your writing um, of articles, do you see a huge difference between what you get paid for a print article and what you get paid for an online-only article? That's generally true because um, print tends to be a little bit more of a... Depending on the magazine, I mean, obviously, print magazines have a little bit more power and a little bit more sway. Mm-hmm. Um, pay for online can be nothing, and it can be a lot. It just depends on the place. Generally, um, you're paid a little less because online is having a hard time generating ad ad money, ad revenue. Okay. So they're paying you out of revenue they're not getting from print advertising. So you have to watch that. Now, websites are, it's, it's starting to be a little different where websites are getting paid advertising and they can pay you more. I think what you have to look at as far as web versus print is what is the reach of that website and how does it fit particularly with your book topic? You may want to think about that as if you've written on a particular topic, approach those websites that would be kin to your book topic and you that will be a a huge benefit to you and it may be worth taking a little less money for it right and so if you know who your market is and who's going to benefit the most from your book you want to find a website that caters and and speaks to that audience so that you're getting your information in front of the right people and so that's that's what i hear you saying yes that's exactly right um whether you're paid or not whether it's on your exact topic of your book just watch what you're doing. Watch where you're going and, and carefully evaluate those magazines, whether they're digital or print, and if they're appropriate for you as far as your name recognition and your book topic. Wonderful. All right. In case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on the Voice America Network. We are talking about today the power of an article with literary agent and journalist Ann Bile, and we are coming to you live from Wheaton Bible College for the Right to Publish Conference. And now we got about almost five minutes left to ask the next bank of questions here. So, Ann, do you feel like it would be helpful for an author to actually underwrite a paid advertisement in the same issue that his article is going to appear in? If you can, and if you can afford it. If you're going to publish in CT, Christianity Today, you're probably not going to be able to afford that kind of ad. Um, If you're on a website, maybe you can afford it. I don't think it's necessary or imperative that you do that. If you have a book that is absolutely appropriate for that publication and you can afford it, by all means, go ahead and do it. But I don't think it's necessary or mandatory. And as long as in your bio at the end of the article, they list your book and hyperlink it to where people can find it, that's almost as good as an ad, right? That's exactly right. And sometimes they won't put the name of your book. 
but you know what? It's still worth it because your name is out there and someone's going to recognize your name and check you out online. And it will come up on a Google search. Good, good. All right. So should you, I mean, as an author who's kind of trying to come up with a strategy on um, promoting their book, should they write an article and kind of focus only on writing about their book? You've kind of already answered this, but do you... What I'm hearing from what you've said so far is maybe only writing about your book or excerpts from your book might be too narrow-minded. You maybe want to do more than that? I think it's a little of both. I think, let's say I were to write a book about writing. Of course, I would want to write for Christian Communicator on writing, and that makes perfect sense. So finding those places where your book is a natural fit, by all means, write about a topic in your book. There are lots of subtopics and ancillary topics that you can tap into that are part of your book, but maybe not the main push. And then you can say, oh, by the way, in the book, whatever title, this was quoted. So you can do a little bit of both. Where it's appropriate, write about your book or a topic in your book and mention it. If not, write about a completely different subject and put your book in the bio. Wonderful. Okay. So um, as a literary agent, if I am hoping that you might uh, consider representing me, would having lots of bylines help in my case for you to consider me more? Or what, what would that do for you if you saw lots of bylines? It actually would be a plus in two ways. One, because I know you can make a deadline. If you're writing articles, especially for um, magazines or newspapers where there's deadlines, that means you can sit down and write those articles whether you are feeling the inspiration or not, which is always a plus. And the other thing is you have articles that have been published. That means somebody thought you were good enough to write them, which means you probably know how to write. So I will look at that. It won't be the only thing, but to me, that would be an excellent way for me to gauge you as a dedicated writer. So many people want to write a book, but they never sit down and do it. People who sit down and write articles probably know how to sit down and write a book. Good point. All right. So as we wrap up our time, do you have any recommendations or suggestions for our listeners on this whole topic of writing a magazine article with the sole purpose of really promoting yourself as an author and promoting your books? I think in general, writing magazine articles, whether it's print or online, is a good idea one for your writing practice, one that you're you're just writing, you're interviewing, you're getting to know the business, you're getting to know how to write better. I think that's a plus. I think when you have a book out, it's an excellent way to either directly or more likely indirectly promote your book. And that's always a huge plus. So I think article writing, good practice for any writer and especially for a, someone with a book to promote. And I think I've also heard that a magazine article can reach way more people than a book ever will, right? That is absolutely true. A magazine article has, has a reach of, even if it has a reach of 10,000, but those 10,000 are sharing it. And it's hard to share one book. You can share an article, and I think it's a great way to do it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been great to have you on the show. You're welcome, and I've appreciated being here. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up this Publishing Today show with our Ask Athena segment, where I answer the questions you've been asking. 
If you have a question you'd like me to address on the air, send it by email to me at question at askathena.com. One listener asked, how do I get my books onto bookstore shelves? Well, that is an interesting question that I will have to answer with some um, of a reality adjustment, I would say, because in today's economy and today's landscape, uh, bookstores, just brick, brick and mortar bookstores are pretty much going away. There's so much competition with Amazon and online resellers and Costco and Sam's Club that the independent and even chain bookstores are really struggling to stay in business. And one of the ways that they uh, develop a revenue uh, for at least the chains is they charge publishers huge amounts of money to do big displays and end caps in their stores and give books that uh, front and center um, display that, you know, most people walk into a bookstore and, and you don't realize or you don't even think, wow, a publisher paid big money to get this right in front of my face. So as an author who is maybe independently published or maybe you've um, had your book published by a smaller publisher or even some of the bigger publishers who really can't get every single book that they publish onto the shelves in the bookstores, the idea and strategy of trying to make sure you have your book on the shelves is just an unreal expectation. And honestly, it's really not worth spending a lot of energy and a lot of money trying to develop that strategy and that distribution channel. You would be much better off going direct to your consumer, finding ways to promote so that you reach the reader rather than expecting a reseller like an independent brick and mortar bookstore to promote your book. In today's publishing industry and bookstore industry, it's just not a realistic expectation, nor is it a, an effective, efficient strategy for your marketing dollars to spend money trying to be noticed by bookstores to get them to carry your product. So that was a long question, or a long answer to a short question, but I believe you're much better off uh, redirecting your focus away from bookstore shelves and towards the hands of the reader. So with that, it is time to wrap up this episode of Publishing Today. It's been great to have my guests on with all of their knowledge about article writing and how to use articles to promote your work. So be sure to join us next week when our topic is the power of a brand. I'll have some experts in the area who will join in the conversation about branding and the importance of authors creating a compelling brand. This is Athena Dean Holtz for Publishing Today Radio. 
brought to you by Redemption Press. Have a great week until we're back with you again next Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time here on the Voice America Network. Thank you for tuning in to Publishing Today Radio. Be sure to join your host, Athena Dean Holtz, again next Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.